What is good? Let's have some fun. It's the Fundamism Podcast with your host, Paul J. Long, and all things fun. We'll let the fun begin. Woo! What is good, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Paul J. Long, coming to you from the spot, Mecca Arrowhead Stadium, with one of the best all-time to do it. Before we introduce this gentleman, I'd like to shout out to our sponsor, Charlie Hustle. If you're looking to uh, to look the freshest, the baddest, and the cleanest on the block, and you want to rep our city, Kansas City, uh, we got you. Check out charliehustle.com. They got nice duds. We, of course, are in the Charlie Hustle suite here at Arrowhead, and I'm stoked. Uh, I am absolutely just amped for this guest here because I grew up on, on this guest right here, Mr. Neil Smith. How you doing, Neil? I'm doing good, brother. How are you? I'm, hey, I'm on cloud nine. Look, it don't get much better than this. Hey, I like the background. That's man. right. I'm just kind of I'm, I'm trying to tell Charlie now when he comes back to his suite, man. You got to add two edition jerseys here, bro. That's it's true. Just, How can we hook that up? Yeah, we're gonna we're we gonna put him on the spot. I think that's on good. Bobby. Bobby, are you gonna we're gonna coordinate that, right? There you go. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, Mr. Mr. Smith, is it okay if I call you Neil? Oh, no, you call stuff? me Neil, man. Don't right. call me Mr. Smith. Well, I know you're but from I am the Mr. South. Smith. So. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. But not L Cool J, Mr. Smith. No, no, no. Never made L Cool J's type of checks either. <laughs> <laughs> so, you grew up in the South. I want to be respectful of you. We're going to talk about that a little bit. But first question that we start with every guest, uh, Neil, is what do you do for fun? Well, my fun time is, you know, I, I picked up this game. You know, all of my... When I played sports, everything was about angles and, and leverage and strength and, you know, speed and, and all these different things. So I picked up the game golf. Oh. And, you know, I don't know something about this little ball that you can't hit to make your goals the right way. Just sitting still. And it's been a challenge for me, but I'm finally getting it. I'm finally getting it after maybe about seven years of playing. I'm getting the game down now. I'm trying to get my, my scores down. And, 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 and literally... It's fun for me because it was a challenge up until now, and I got it. I'm still in double digits, but I'm still 11 handicap, you know, going into a 10, and that's saying something. Sure, it it's absolutely is saying absolutely. It, it says a lot about your uh, your persistence and growth, and I think yeah. that equates to a lot of things in your life or correlates to a lot of things in your life, which we're going to talk about. You know, I've never met one individual that I asked, are you good at golf? And they say, yeah, I'm good at golf, but never fails. I go out there with them. Of course, I get ran because I've never shot anything under 100. Well, that's just so where you know. start. That's right. <laughs> you started at 100. Started from the bottom. Yeah, exactly. And now I'm still there. But uh, nevertheless, uh, Neil, you played for the Kansas City Chiefs. You played for the Denver Broncos. You played for the L.A. Chargers. Uh, but long before that, you were just a young boy growing up in Louisiana. So uh, how did you know that, that football was it? Like, what was the moment that you realized you got something? Well, I think that the, the moment I knew, and not just football, I knew that sports was for me. You know, as a kid, you watch it on TV. You see it. You, you see the basketball games. You see the, the uh, you know, the football games. And, and it's in your mind that, wow, man, as a kid, you know, how exciting, you know, want to be one of those guys. So I kind of like, you know, it kind of was in my mind, in my mindset or whatever. And then one day I was outside raking the yard, you know, just cleaning up. And I'll never forget this first guy that ever came into my life um, drove up. His name was Coach Earl, and he actually he started. Um, they were starting a a, a new uh, um, park like right up the street from me, and and he pulled up and was like, hey, you know, um, hey, do you play any sports? This and I said, no, sir. He said, well, is your mom home? Can I talk to her? 
He, he drew up in this little slug bug. I'll never forget. It's powder blue. He drew up and he sit there and he said, like, um, he spoke to my mom. He said, yes, I am, Miss Smith. You know, I just, you know, my name is Earl. I want to, you know, see if I can have your son to come and play with us, you know, um, at the park. And, man, I just lit up like my eyes up. Mom, yes, please let me go. I can do this. I can do this. And he's like, and she's like, well, you know, he's the kind of like kid that you got to kind of watch because he's a little hyper. You know, he's, he, he, you know, Earl, I have to talk to you a little bit more about my son. He kind of explained to him, but no, mom, I can do this. I, I Please let me go. So I kept begging her and begging her until she finally said yes. And when she said yes, I went yes. Not knowing how to play no sports, never did it, but, but, but learned from that day how to play every sport. And, and that was a moment that I was like, okay, I got introduced to something that I, I just fell absolutely in love with football, baseball, ran track, you know, uh, um, and played everything. It was a little jock to body, you know, sure. wanted to be the best at it. So it started at an early age. And, and, and of course, when I did, you know, pick up that, that, that North program that we had, and um, it, it really impels me because I had an opportunity to, to, to then go back after I made it and get back to that same program. That was the most sweetest thing about it all. So I know you're pretty active in the community. I want to talk to you more about that as we progress, too. Um, in that moment, when, when Coach Earl saw you, uh, you, you weren't really into sports. You were raking the leaves. Uh, you're a physical specimen, even to this day, right? Uh, intimidating. Uh, but then, of course, you talk, and you're just a big old teddy bear. Uh, don't tell anybody. Uh, but nevertheless, you're just a great dude um, in getting to know you. So do you think... What did that coach see in you? Were you were you a physical specimen then at that age? Well, I really wasn't. I, I was I was more of a, a kid. You know, he was just trying to pick up the kids around the neighborhood gotcha. and how to you know and, and bring them to the park and give them something else to do. It was something new back early in the seventies, and and it was I you know the thing about it is that you never forget those moments because all the guys that was around us when we played the pickup games that you know across the street in the park or whatever. Or, or, in the front of the schoolyard, then all those guys became good friends of ours. We became teammates and we came how to learn to play sports and how it was something that we can do, you know, after school and not be in the streets and, and, and have that, that, you know, that ability to, to, to find out what you really are. Sure. And so I know that, that was kind of a journey for you. We were talking before uh, we started recording here about uh, football is the path that you chose. Yeah. Uh, but there were other, there were other paths that, that could have been. Right, and so you've mentioned multiple times here. Uh, you've referenced basketball, so you were a hooper growing up. Is I that was, accurate? Man, I actually played baseball. I had a love for it. I ran the high hurdles and low hurdles, and you know, I was a uh, you know, I did field events and and you know, sports. All those things. I think that 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 I did. Um, it really, when I chose to go football, it kind of made me you know, a better player athletic wise, because I, you know, I could do it all. You know, I feel like, you know, it wasn't nothing I can do with the 40 yard dash because I can run fast. I always can get in and out. I can jump very high. You know, I've always had, when I say the specimen of a, of, a, of an arm reach, God couldn't bless me no more with his seven, one and a half arm right. legs. And anybody was in my way, I can grab him and snatch him up. So, um, and I knocked down a lot of balls that, that, that's, you know, that they really didn't, they don't question that no more. They don't do that no more. It's all about the game's change where, you know, those guys are now just, just, just dwelling on the sack part of yep, it. Yep. The bull rush yeah, and but, all that. Yeah. The, the sack part, but man, knocking balls down is just like getting off the field. You know, sure. you can just get in that window and knock some of these balls down. And the game's changed. Like I said, they're throwing a ball on every down now. So, um, it's always ways that you got to get better at, at that level. Well, it certainly is fun to watch, but it is uh, it's different. And so when I grew up watching you guys, uh, the rush hour, you and uh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the best in my mind to ever do it, no offense, uh, but Derek Thomas is just an absolute role model and awesome guy to me. Go ahead. What were no, you going to say? I, 
I don't have an offense to it. <laughs> you said it best. There is no other two that did it. If you did, you know, let me know. I don't think no one has ever did it, number-wise and, and and on the field. And I'm not just bragging about it. I'm just telling you true stats that, you know, uh, you know, Derek Thomas and me was meant to be Kansas City Chiefs. It was meant to be two of the best guys that ever did it at two different positions. And, and it was fun doing it. And it was fun, you know, getting to know that young man because, um, like I told you earlier, he really impacted my life in so many different ways. Uh, first of all, as a little brother. Uh, second of all, as a brother because he became that. And then, you know, uh, a, a person I truly fell in love with, you know, um, you know, as a man, uh, respectively, both on the field and off the field. And that was, you know, and I think that uh, when Carl Peterson and Bill Cowher um, chose to get that guy. They they knew what they was doing. And I, I talked to Coach Carr. He had no doubt in his mind that when he worked Derek Thomas out the year before, he said that, you know, Neil, he was our guy. We know he had something special. Sure. So let's talk about that whole process because you had mentioned that you're a couple years in the league now, right? Is it one or two yeah, years? One year, yeah, one year yeah. in the league, and you get a call. Hey, did you see this draft? Right, <laughs> and, and who we get? Tell that whole story about. Well, I, DC. Just, I mean, you know, my uncle called me up, and, and he was like, you know, when I first got to the pros, I was like, man, I love college football, and I've always do. I still watch it today because it's so you can see how hungry the guys are. You know, they're very close. This is the next step if you have an opportunity to get to, you know, to the big leagues and and, and get to the pros. Well, my uncle call, called me up and asked me. He said, Neil. Do you have any idea, you know, the guy that you drafted, you know, that you got? And I said, no, I didn't watch the draft, this and that. Who do we get? You know, he said, man, you got this guy out of Alabama. His name is Derek Thomas. He said, son, I watched this kid because he's a big LSU fan down in New Orleans. And, you know, he said, man, this guy can singly-handed turn a ball game over. I've seen him beat – he said, I've seen him beat – LSU by itself, and he was talking about how great he was. But Alabama wasn't very good back then. It was it was pretty decent, but they wasn't as powerful football team as they are now in these days. But uh, Derek Mann right now, he would he would he would love to be a Bama fan. I know he's going to be a Bama for the rest of his life. Sure. But, but to see this here, he would never think that his school would get back to this part. But I tell you what, when, when he said you got Derek Thomas as a, as a draft charge, I, I I loved it, man, because he said that you know some things I didn't know about him. He said, man, this guy's single handed. It's the best I've ever seen that play the game. And I was like, well, that's some kind of big words. He said, yeah. He said, you two are going to be special with each other. Way before my coaches even said, he said this to me right after the draft charge. He said, put you two together with the secondary that you have. And he said, you guys are going to be the best that ever had as for us guys. And he wasn't lying. Man, true story. Well, I'm sitting here on cloud nine because, again, I, I mean, I came up on you guys. We called you Rush Hour, obviously, as, yeah. as you're well aware. You guys both smashed the quarterback. You both got after it. You both had high motors. And then to learn about, you know, what pushed you guys uh, was amazing to me. And so you had mentioned that you're super, you were super competitive, not yeah. just on the field, but off the field. So what drove that competition between you two? Well, I just seen the way, you know, how Derek approached things. You know, it was so easy for him, but it was so hard for me. And I, the reason why I say that, because Derek Thomas really wasn't a, a guy that um, really uh, uh, was a practice hard guy. He was a guy that just had ability, raw talent. And, and me, I had to get something out of practice. You know, I had to feel like I was doing something for to get prepared for that next game. And, uh, you know, for that up and coming game. But Derek was taking it so, so easy, you know, laid back and energy wise, saving it, knowing he can go through, you know, the motions in practice. And he didn't really care about it. Well, on a game day, when those blooms go up and those jets fly over this area here, you know, it stated what kind of guy he was. And, and, and what made the challenge part of it is that, when you when you have a guy that 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 was that good, you want to get something from him. And and when we watch film, we watch film like 
you know, it was our job. We was trying to break down and take every advantage that we had as players, individual, and we came together as that. And we started challenging each other when we started seeing plays. And we'll laugh about it when a guy, you know, flatten us or somebody get a big stick on it. We'll just fall out laughing. And then, you know, we'll take it personal because you nobody like to get, you know, pancake as they were right. called. And then, and then they have to get back up. But that's a part of the game. And so it became that. The study part became like, you know, he's a partner. We studied together. He get tips. I get tips. Well, one thing I didn't have that Derek had as far as talent was is his get off. And when I say get off, when he get off the football, he was always seemed like he was one step ahead of, of, of getting off the football than everybody else was. And I didn't understand what was he can. And I used to get down on the left-hand side. I used to get down with my right hand down and looking in, trying to see, you know, what Derek is looking at. And, and I'm going to go. I'm going to I'm going to go when Derek go. With my right hand, well, it didn't get. I couldn't get off that fast. The brain didn't work that fast. Didn't work that fast. So I said, okay, well, you know, here I am. I got to find out when this guy doing. So when I started doing, I changed my stance. So on on the rush downs, I would actually get my left hand down. It was it was different than anybody else that ever did it on the left hand side. I put my left hand down. Well, now I can actually see him all the way across. And I never watched the football, but when I seen Derek Thomas flinch. I'm flinching. I'm going with him. So it kind of made me seem like we was wow. getting off together and never watched the ball and watched him. Well, hell, we was more offside than him. <laughs> we was outside more like than Chris anybody. <laughs> trying, to jump the, trying to jump the snap That's count right. than anybody. But it was it was great, man. It was it was fun time. Uh, uh, and, you know, when you when you get put two guys together that grow and learn and 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 and, and had the ability that we had. And I tell you what, you know, the, what the Hunt family did, how we changed this, this, this foundation and this, 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 this chief nation, not what they call it, um, being a part of it, it was special because, you know, it was a lot of love here. And, you know, we didn't have the offense that we have now and that luxury and, and, and we, but, but we made football fun. Yes, that's because true. you know what? Um, if we played 90 plays and we had to play 90 plays to win a football game, that's what it took. We didn't care. Because that's thirteen what, to ten. Yeah, that's what it didn't matter. It was a baseball <laughs> score. If you don't want to see defense, you want to come in here. Don't yep. come in here. Yeah, a lot of teams came and didn't come out of here with a victory. That's true. Yeah. And uh, and you know that was, you know, we're to this point now in 2018 where the where the Chiefs, our team, they're playing like they did in the 90s. I yeah. mean, specifically different style of play. Sure. But we're but we're at the pinnacle now. I mean, we're in the talk of the best in the in the division, not just the division, but the AFC uh, and potentially Super Bowl contenders. And you guys were perennial, you know, competitors in that regard too. I oh, mean, absolutely. this was a place to play. Absolutely. And so, uh, first of all, I find that fascinating that you are watching the ball at all. You are watching DT. That says a lot about him. Uh, but thinking through just just your strengths, and you're you're one of the best to ever do it too. I mean, specifically, you're you're a Hall of Fame candidate, and uh, and first of all, I admire you, and I'm super proud of you. I know that this probably doesn't mean anything no, coming from me, but 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 I grew up watching you too, and you were telling me earlier. So again, I, I reiterate, a Hall of Fame candidate. You told me that you were watching film. And you'd watch DT do something, and you'd say, oh, man, I don't, I don't think I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you watch film, uh, you know, when you watch film uh, on each other and, and you see things that you do, you, you'll be amazed sometime of yourself, what do you do and how you did it. And, you know, you never question it. You just say, wow, if I can do that, I can do this, and try to push yourself to the next level. Well, I kind of watched Derek Thomas. He did something one time, and he came around, he came around the corner, and he did this dip move. And this dip move is still today that guys do when they come. But they get but Derek Thomas gets so low to the ground and he dip. And when he dip, the offensive lineman actually don't have anything to hit. And he goes across the top. And when Derek comes up, 
He comes up with a rip. Well, he's already facing the quarterback. And it's one of the rushes that they have today that a lot of guys you can see that comes around the ends. You know, they'll do that dip move and come up. You can see D4 do it. You know, you see Houston do it. A bunch of other players that, that, that that's around the league and, and do stuff. And and everybody, and, and it just didn't start from Derek Thomas. I'm sure Derek got it from somebody, but it was one of his moves that he did. It was his patent move. With me, I was more of a physical type of guy. You know, I like the bull rush. I like the club a guy. You know, I like the rip. You know, uh, Howie Long told me the rip move, and, and and the thing about it, I studied the guys that was around me to, that 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 made it happen. You know, like you know the Bruce Smiths, the Reggie White, oh, yeah. you know, and and the Charles Manns, and Chris Hinton, Denton, all those guys that you know that was before me that I wanted to get something out of them. And when I studied these guys, I was like, okay, this is what I'm gonna work on this week. This is what I'm gonna work on next week. I'm gonna work on this guy move this week. So whenever you see a guy, and and, and when I when I studied. Studied the opponent, everything he's strengthened, all of his strengths and his weakness. I had this arsenal of things that I wanted to pull out that week that I was going to work on. And I was going to keep doing something until it worked. And that's just what it was. The biggest thing about me and Derek is like you said it earlier, high motors. We had the motors that, that we thought that we could make every play. Now, these players right now, they don't think they can make every play. But we thought that we can make every play. And, 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 you know, that's how the game has changed so much that if a play was away from us, we still got in pursuit. If we had to make that play, you know, 30 years, thirty yards down the field, we make that play because we're in a hot pursuit. So if a guy breaks loose, we were still there to make the play downfield. You know, <clears throat> nowadays, guys don't do that. Once they get past a certain level, they seem like to turn the motor down and trying to save something. Well, yes. We just wanted to display because we had no idea that – we, we we was was wasn't very we wasn't very ripe to make every play, but we thought we could. Sure. And that was made us so. That's what made us to that next level. You know, studying the opponents, knowing that you can make plays, and, and this you know when the game was out there, just leave it out there. And now I have no regrets on anything I've did as far as up until now for football wise. Sure. Well, so I want to talk a little bit more about that. I want to talk about you know folks taking you under their wing. I want to talk about. Um, Obviously, the passing of of the greatest, uh, Mr. Sure. Derek Thomas. Yeah. But before we do that, something that you said uh, just r- really resonated with me because I think a lot of folks tune into this, this podcast. So uh, I was telling you before, this is the fundamentals of a fun and optimistic lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So basically, whatever you do that gives you strength, whatever lifts you up out of a of a challenging moment or gets you out of this mental prison, that's what I call a, a fun a fundamental. Sure. And so you're living life with fundamentalism. You're gravitating towards the things that give you strength. You're creating a better environment for others. And part of that is confidence and and throwing all of yourself into something. And so I was telling you that uh, Kareem Rush was recently on, mm-hmm. and I asked him recently. He's he's got a a goal of going on the Voice. He's a tremendous singer. Okay. So I said, Hey, what's the probability of you going on the Voice? He goes, Oh, 100 percent. Oh, you want to do it? He said, hundred percent. Awesome. So I said, have, have you have you auditioned yet? No, no, no. So what's the probability? hundred <laughs> percent. So then I said, back his mind. that's right. Sure. So then I asked him another question. I said, what's the probability of this water war, this entrepreneurial thing that he's getting into? These things, that, uh, these water tubes that he saw. Hundred percent. Every question I asked him, Neil, was hundred percent. And so when I think about what you just said, you know, you went full bore every single play. You never knew. You just had to. You went after it, right? And I think there's a metaphor in there for life. You know, a lot of folks listen to this. They say to themselves, yeah, but I'm not Neil Smith. You know, I'm not a Hall of Fame candidate. I I never played. I was never the pinnacle of my craft, but they're great at something. Mm -hmm. And so I think what I'm hearing you say is no matter what you're doing, no matter if it's football or whether it's, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit or whether it's being a good dad, which I know that you're proud of as well. We're going to talk about that. You got to put yourself in it, yeah. and you got to get out of here and go go for it, right? right. And, and stretch yourself. So, where did that come from for you? 
Is that something that was just innate for you, or is it something that came over time? No, I think it comes over time. I And, and when I say it comes over time, because um, it, it's so important that you touch on so many different things as far as, you know, um, bringing it from the mind, because that's where it starts at. If you don't have that mindset and, and, and take that beyond your mind and bring it to, you know, what's in front of you on an everyday life, it makes any individual. And that's where the challenge comes from. The 100% is coming from because in his mind, he's thinking, you know what, 100% I'm going to give it all. Or 100% I'm going to be there. Well, he's telling himself in his mind that, yes, I am going to be there one day. This is my next move. So I think that life is so funny. You know, the, the best thing that I ever can, ever can get out of life is that, that 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 when I accepted Christ as my Savior, you know, when I got baptized, and and, and I'm not trying to get into the spiritual no, thing, which you, but when I got when I when I got when I got baptized and, and I brought God into my life, things just start changing for me. How it's old were you? I was I was about um, I would have said about 10, 11 years old when I walked up and said, Hey, you know, I want to get baptized and 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 in the old Southern Baptist church and, you know, down in Louisiana and had a great, you know, uncle that was a minister that, that, that I came up on it. That was, a, became a bishop. And, and he taught me things in life that, you know, that, that was in church, but he gave me, it was just setting me up. This church set me up when I gave Christ my life to where I'm at today. And that's why I have no hatred and I have love for everything that I, that I, want to do or what I'm getting ready to adventure in and and I can give back because I'm this person that you know I want I, I think I can save the world you know if you give me all the money then I think I might have the solution for our problems you know no hungerness you know um people that 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 you know that's that's living in the streets yep. um you know uh um, killing diseases or, or anything but you know it's just not meant that way but it's, it's meant for us to be here to do one thing chip the blocks and, and try to prepare people that's coming beyond us, you know. Unfortunately, I, I, I'm so grateful to have eight kids, you know, in my life. And I have older kids and I have younger kids. Started over in my life. And then I have three grandkids and one on the way. And, and I'm 52 years old. And no one can say 52 years old, you got that much going on in your life. Right. But it happens, you know. But but I, am I going to look back and say, God didn't give me this for this reason? He gave me this for a reason. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that now I'll just take it. As it come, the hand that he gives me on every day, there's only one person, man, that's the devil. Because when he, when he know when I put my foot down, I'm mean for a purpose. Sure. And the purpose is helping people, loving people. Well, it's the smallest things. It's the little things in life that, that what you get out of life that brings you to a level that I think that, 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 that empowers you to make you feel better. Well, we want, we want to save people too. And that's where I love to meet people that have problems and I can talk to. Mm. You know, was it marriage? Because I went through it. There's some things you got to go through, you know, like a divorce or something in your life that, that someone can say something to you or you having problems or, or want to kill yourself because you, you just things are not going right for yes. you. Well, you know what? Why, why ruin something that God, that, that God gave you that's so great? Put yourself back in touch with your reality or put yourself back into a frame where it's 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 so surreal that he loves you because he gave himself for you. And then you allow yourself to give it back to someone else. That's why we have so many people that go through so many things in life that's so important that that I just love to hear stories that people give me that what the same thing that I'm giving back to, sure. to, to to the world. Well, one of the things that I appreciate about what you're saying, I recently uh had the opportunity to speak with uh the Air National Guard. Sure. And we were we were touching on many of the subjects you just hit on, suicide, uh, sexual assault, all that stuff. And so I, I asked a young lady, this is in front of the whole group. I said, uh, I said, 
you know, what was that, what's the thing that you gravitate towards that gives you strength when you're going through the struggle? And she said, my faith in God. Mm. And so um, you said that, Kareem said that. What I like to equate that to is uh, regardless of what you believe in, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like we would be ignorant to believe that we are the biggest things on this planet, right? And so what I appreciate about what you're saying is believing in something bigger than ourselves and releasing yourself to realize that that everything's happening for a reason, right? That's right. And and part of that is in your control and the decisions that you make. Mm -hmm. And so... I probed a little bit more. So I said, well, what is your faith, if you don't mind me asking? Mm-hmm. And she said, uh, I'm, I'm Protestant or whatever, sure. maybe. And so then I just probed. Now, this is in front of a group of 30 people, right? Okay. So we stopped the conversation and I say, hey, how many of you have ever been told not to ask questions like this? And everybody raised their hands. Right. Not no more. Not no more. Absolutely. It's wide open, brother. It, it should be, yeah. right? But yeah, I think- it should be. It's, it's like religion, religion, they don't want to, you know, they don't want you to bring it and preach it in, into the the uh, locker room. And that's well spoken. That's well spoken. You're not supposed to push it on nobody. But if somebody ever wanted to ask you, then you know it's still there. So I kind of had it like when I played, I had to have control of it. You know, you can't allow it to to you. You don't want to preach to no one. You know, when they when they when they're dealing with their own problems, sure. and, you know, you got to let it come to you. But not no more because I'm not into the game no more. So I can speak freely on anything I want to. What's just so great about me? And you know, and this is where we are now. Uh, even in life right now, you know, um, our country, the greatest country in the world. People, try, you know, we're trying to be divided by for what? Mm. What reason? What purpose? Right. You know, and, and, and but there's still going to be a foundation. This is not the worst that we ever gone through and never going to be the worst. But you know what? That's the hand we deal. That's we got to deal with it, brother. Every day we got to keep on finding, figuring out the way. How can we make it better? Sure. And I'm a part of that journey. I love it. And uh, and I think the interesting thing is you mentioned today's society. I don't think there's ever a problem talking about it. The problem is when we get ourselves into problems is when we're so opinionated about our perspective that we're not even listening to what the other person's saying anymore, sure. right? And so that's why I find this platform for me specifically is so amazing because I have the opportunity to talk to amazing individuals like yourself and learning more about your background and and your come up and what drives you and specifically in hopes of one person listening to this and taking one little nugget that you said and say, yes, I could do that, or yes, I've been through that. And so let's talk a little bit about one of the most challenging moments in your life, um, your boy, your brother, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, somebody that you came up with and that you that you literally changed the game with, DT. <laughs> yeah. um, he, he passes away, gets into a horrific car accident. Uh, you know, he's on life support for several days. You know, uh, we think that he's going to pull through at one point in sure, time. And, absolutely. And I got the news, and I remember, I mean, this is, in my eyes, still to this day, he's my favorite athlete of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got, and I'm balling. I cut out the news article, and I put it on my, put it on my dresser and all that stuff. You guys are besties. I mean, you guys are best friends. Sure. So talk a little bit about that experience with, with, uh, with what happened there. Well, you know, um, I remember the day... Um, you know, when tragedies happen, you always remember where you was. You know, when 9-11, you know, how, where you was when the space shuttle, um, you know, blew up and, and, you know, going to the moon and, and going to space. And I think that, you know, that, that, that moment right there, I remember exactly where I was when I got, you know, the, that he was into a car accident. And um, I was actually living in Denver at the time, and I was on a family vacation up in the mountains. And, and I was told, you know, that, you know, it you know, well, I'm, I'm thinking that, okay, Derek is in a car accident. Okay, is he okay? Yeah, he's fine. I mean, he's, we don't know. 
That was the word. What we don't know. Mm. Well, that right there didn't didn't sit very well with me. Sure. So it made me come. You know, made me start moving. I told my mom. You know, at the time, I'm. I, you know, I told my ex wife. I was like, Hey, you know what? We gotta go. You know, I I'm like, get the stuff. Let's go. Let's get in the car. So we up in the mountain, and man, it's just pouring out snow. And I swear, it was just. You know, I don't know how we got out of the mountains because if you ever come out of a mountain when it's snowing, you just can't see the roads. Sure. But you don't know that it's a fall from you know like millions of feet. Up to your left, but you're just coming down. So I finally, we finally made it down, and and, and I can get, you know, got back on the phone and said, yes, Derek was in a bad car accident. It's not looking good. And I'm like, okay, I get down from the mountains. I go directly to an airport. Um, I get dropped off and take a charter flight to here, uh, to Kansas City, because he's still here. As I'm touching down here in Kansas City, they're now taking Derek up to go to Miami on a flight. Never got a chance to see him here in Kansas City. Um, so then I take another charter the same day, goes to Miami, uh, right behind him. By the time then, Derek was, was, was prepped for surgery, and I get there at the time where he's getting ready to go in to have this major surgery, and he's getting ready to, you know, his mother called me, and the doctor comes. All these things I can remember that, that you know, I talked to Derek. Um, he was very swole, didn't look the same, but... You know, I know he was, you know. Was he coherent? Could no, he, he, was, he was very coherent. He looking at me and um, and, I, and I was told to tell him that, uh, you know, that Mike, one of our friends, had passed in an accident and his mama wanted me to do that. And I then, you know, looked over to him and said, Derek, you know, I want to tell you, it's like, uh, uh, you just hang in there. You know, I, I know that, you, you know, things are not looking good right now. And I said, and the first thing he asked me before I even told him, he said, where's Mike? He said, where's Mike? I said, Mike is gone, and he just rolled his eyes back, and he started to cry, and you know tears were coming out of his eye. And I said, "But that's okay." I said, "I still got you." And he opened his eyes back up, and he said, "You know that's damn right." And so all at <laughs> once, that's how this guy was so strong in life, and just so strong. When I seen that he was crying one minute, and the next minute I said, "Well, you got me, and I'm here, and I'm not gonna, I'm never gonna leave you." Then he knew he can go into surgery and come back out. Well, he did. He went into surgery, came back out. And, and he was doing good. I mean, I was there the whole time, never left, never had a toothbrush, nothing, no clothes, no change of clothes, no anything. And I stayed at that hospital for, 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 for a long time until finally that he got up, he was eating, you know, and then I was like, okay, I got to go back home. I want to go back and change clothes, get me some stuff and get my, you know, get back into my, you know, get my family back into, to, to, to life or whatever. Uh, I leave and, uh, you know, a couple of days later, I get the call. I'm sitting on my back deck that he had passed. Mm. And I just talked to him the night before um, the Pro Bowl came on and it was going to do an honor. They said it was going to do an honor for you, you know, that you're not there this year. And, and, and you turn it on and look at him. He did. And that was the last time I talked to him, um, you know, sadly but say, but boy, in spirit, brother, he's still with us because, you know, uh, Derek have a foundation that he started. Um, he asked me. When when he wanted to uh, uh, get involved with 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 uh, with a foundation, you know what name that we can use because I was so good with names, or, you know, helping people with names and stuff. And I said, Derek, what you what do you think that you are your best at? And he said, like, uh, I'm a, I'm I'm good at every downs. That's his question, right? And I was like, well, yeah, I know you're good at every downs. I said, but what situation that you like to be in? You know, if if, if you had anything, well, I like to be in third down. He said, oh, really? I said, okay. He said, like, uh, third and what? Third and short? No, no, no. Third and long. 
And I said, well, there you go. Because you know it's a passing down and he's going to get after the quarterback. And he know who's coming. And I said, Derek, you just said your name. And he looked at me and said, how in the hell you know that? You know, like, why do you come up with this stuff? I said, I don't know. It just come to me, Derek. I, I have no, no idea how things happen. But it is. And he said, you know what? I'm going to name my foundation Derek Long. And I know what it meant to Derek because when we kind of, when he came here with the Kansas City Chiefs, they used to have the ambassadors, the older ambassadors that were, that, that we had to, that we had to, Get involved with my guy was Buck Buchanan, the great Buck yes, Buchanan, sir. and Derek right had yeah, and Derek had um, Otis Taylor, that was one of the guys that started him, that took him on his arm, and we had two great guys, you know. Of course, Buck Buck has left us, and and Otis right now is still fighting for his life, you know, and and, and those guys was was mentors and told us how we can get involved and how we can stay involved and how we can give back to our community, which is, you know, Kansas City. So it was, it was, it was, it was family from family that this was passed on, how we just began, became, you know, Kansas City Chiefs family, how the chief before us laid the carpet for us and show us how to un, how unfold this and how we got involved with our foundations. Well, when Derek died, I um I took my foundation and 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 put it in limp because they was needing somebody to step up for Derek. What greater place? I mean, person to ask me, they asked me, and I yes. said, no question without my mind that I would do anything to save this here because I know how this was so important to Derek, how he became the man of the year, you know, with this foundation and how the things that he did in his community, how very active he was. That I never wanted to see this fire ever not being light. So I took it upon myself and took over something that was so great that, that, you know, we're still giving back to the community with the, you know, with the, with the reading program. And the reading program is special to me, too, because it's not only, you know, it, it's not only the kids that, that's, that's empowerment. We got kids that left here that's, you know, that's doctors, some of the lawyers we had. I mean, that kids come back and speak to the up and coming kids. That's so uh, it, it's so important to us that we need to do this and how they give back is that, you know, to myself. I overcame a learning disability when I was young, and and, and I had a reading prob- a reading problem, where it got to the point where I couldn't, you know, was afraid to read in front of people or read out, you know, because and I still have that fear today, even though I know how to read. But it's just something about, you know, you happen to 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 do it, it it, it brings you back. Yeah, it'll never leave you. So. By me overcoming the same type of problem and that we can give the kids, you know, something to bank on, they look at me. They turn to me and say, oh, you know what? If Neil can do it, why can't I? Mm. And that's the hope that we have. That's what we need is just a little hope because after hope is is, is always people that's going to grow and, and, and to become, you know, great, great um, um, people in life and how they can impact the next generation to come. So the Third and Long Foundation, if anybody wants to learn more about that, they could just... Yes, you go to the Derek Thomas, Neil Smith, Third and Long Foundation, you know, Google it and go through it. Um, You know, one thing we're doing right now is that we have an opportunity that we, we normally do a turkey drive. We started this turkey drive so long ago. And um, I think Jonathan Hayes was one of the guys that first started it, where you know you, you come in and 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 uh, we raise money as a team. You know, uh, players go around. Derek used to go around and and collect money from players. How much are you gonna get if you have his book? Oh, I need hundred dollars. He can put your name down. He goes up. And then he gets this here amount. He said, well, damn it, we ain't got enough. So, <laughs> so he'll go back again and ask for more. He's like, sure. all right, man, I need you to bump your, your deal up. Can you bump it up? So he bumped it up. So Derek had, had a plan. And he he took it to another whole level where, you know, this is where the Kansas City Chief family comes sure. in. And Mr. Hunt and 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 and, and Lamar Jr. And, and all those guys that uh, Clark helped us out. Derek went to, to Carl Peterson. He said, Carl, I got this amount of money from all the players. Now I need you to match it. And, he, and Carl was immediately 
said, no problem, I'll match it. And that's how the match became. And now, you know, we have no one to, to pass this legacy on. I need to grasp one of those players, you know, to, to, to keep this going for us because this is, this is so special, not just to our foundation that, you know, we're feeding families, you know, at need. And, you know, we've had up to 5,000 families now, you know, uh, you know with the help of, of, of the chief and, 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 and our surrounding um, uh, food venues here in town that, that, that really helped us, you know, the price shoppers, the high V's, sure. all those players, you know, all those players that came in and, and, and give the, the families free turkeys and free, free food baskets. That's that we would love to keep this continues to going. And, and I know we had stumbled this year because we can only feed maybe up to 1500 families because, you know, we don't have that player yet, but I know it's coming. Mm-hmm. Someone is going to step up, you know, one of our players here in town, you know, going to step up and say, hey, you know what? I want to be that next guy that, that, that I want to keep this going. And, and if we can do that, then I think that, you know, I'm sure the chief, the love of the family, they, they would definitely keep us going. And, you know, um, I'm just so proud to be, you know, here in Kansas City. You know, it's, it's home for me. It's my second home. It's a home that, you know, people don't know why you live in Kansas City. Well, it's so easy. Mm. It's not hard to live. You know, you can't live beyond yourself. And, sure. And it's just, it's just great people here. And people hold the door open for you. Oh, man. They just, you know, if you've never been to the Midwest, get here. You mm-hmm. know, I, I grew up in the or South. Or don't. Like, we don't want oh, don't, you. <laughs> oh, don't. Oh, don't. You know, you know, like, you know, we had slow today, yesterday, but, you know, look at the day. The sun is out. That's so. right. It's, a, it's always a brand new day, brother. Sure. Well, a couple of things that you said that really stuck out to me, drawing correlations to what people are going through. I was having the conversation with Bobby, um, our chief's contact over here, and we were talking about sales. And, you know, so many people are afraid to ask for a sale. They're so afraid to just to, to look somebody dead in the eye and say, what can you commit to? Sure. And so whether you're in sales or fundraising or whatever it may be, I find it fascinating that Derek Thomas, one of the best to ever do it, Carried around a notebook and said, "What can I put you down for?" Yeah, because you know what we throw. You know, we're so comfortable just sending an email. Sure. So right now I'm going through it. Like I, yeah. I just dropped a book on Tuesday. I'm super excited about it. I'm it's, looking forward to reading. Thank, too. I got one for you in the car. Oh, awesome, brother! So it's sign, a number one. It's a it number, uh, I got you, fam. Awesome. Uh, it's a number one bestseller on Amazon. Just just dropped. Oh, so wow, I'm super man. stoked. But See. nevertheless, uh, one of the things that I've always struggled with is asking people for help. Like I hate asking people for help, and so reaching out to all my former clients or whatever. Uh, I'm doing it all via email. I'm saying, can you send something out to your folks, all the attendees or whatever? I know this. Like, Mm. I know for 100% certainty it means so much more for me to pick up the phone, call somebody, and say, hey, Neil, uh, what can you commit to? But fear or whatever it may be gets in the way. The fear comes because you hate the word no. That's right. Or maybe I can't do it or this is not the right time or, you know, you— I'll get bit passed to someone else to say no to you. That's right. So I think that my mother said something to me long ago when I was a kid that she always said, Neil, you know what? There's no question that's 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 too big or, or that's so dumb that you cannot ask. So, and you know, asking a question is like, hey, if I don't have it, I don't have it. Sure. You know, ask the one. So I don't have a problem of doing it, you know, and, and, and like I said, I'm going to get a player. I'm going to get one of those players. I don't want to mess with them now because they are in something very special right now. You, you, special. One thing you don't want to do is interfere when something is going as good as they got right now. They have an opportunity to to, to do something that's very special. It have not been done in a long time here um, in, in this city, you know, and to get to the big dance and win it. Um, do they have it? Absolutely. You know, is it going to be a tough role? Absolutely. There's nothing easy about what you do in life. It's just a challenge, you know, and hopefully that, you know, they can get over their hump and they will this year, sure. you know, of winning in, in the postseason play. So I, I'm not, I'm excited about seeing it because, you know, I've never been excited about offense, but I hate... 
you know, I hate to see what they're doing, they did to the defense to get this, That's to right. get to the game to where it's at right now. But nevertheless, um, I couldn't play at this time. I couldn't play right now because it's so hard for me to see that, oh, man, the way I the physicalness. And, sure. and I was just grab, 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 and guys, yeah. you know, jumping over guys 10 feet tall. I wish a guy would jump over me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I said, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, he okay, let me see you jump. jumping over you. Right, let me see you jump. <laughs> so I think these guys, I mean, I mean they're fascinated, man, that, you know, they still have the talent in and they're showing all the highlight films of the of, of the um, of the offensive players, you know, doing these these horrendous things. And but we got a group though. We have a special group on our offense that we can challenge with. And this upcoming week is gonna be good for them, man. Sure. I mean, this is something that I, I think that a lot of people say, like, oh no, it's not a must win because it's not in division. Yes, it is a must win. You know why? They're the next man up. And and and, and, and if you will send a statement, if you have to see that team again in the Super Bowl, you'll know say, okay, we beat you last time. And we can beat you again. That's so that right. gives you confidence. Now, if you lose to them, you're going to say, okay, how can we beat them? That's right. You see how the difference is. How Watch you, the tape. Exactly. So <laughs> there you go. So we talked about your come up. We've talked about uh, mentors in your life, uh, Buck Buchanan. We talked about DT. We talked about, uh, obviously, lining up and uh, your faith. So let's talk briefly as we kind of bring this thing to a close. Talk briefly about that moment that you did learn uh, the DT had passed. Because that is a... You know, everybody's going through it. Yeah. And if you haven't, believe me, it's coming, right? Yeah. And so the thing that fundamentalism or, or that my goal is with fundamentalism is to allow folks to understand that there's something out there that's going to get through, uh, help you get through whatever challenging moment in your life. So you said you found golf. That's what you do for sure. fun. In that moment, when he had passed, what did you do to get through that challenging moment in your life? Well, it was the most uh, hurt, hurtful moment that I've ever had encountered in my life. You know, I've lost a lot of family relationships to great people in my life. You know, even my father, like I told you earlier, a couple of years ago that died on Father's Day, you know, was born on Valentine's and died and passed on Father's Day. And that really hurt me. Um, but uh, the death of Derek Thomas uh, really impacted and changed my life because he was so special to me, not just that uh it's just that you never forget, you know, you never forget how great a guy this guy was. I mean, you've seen him on the field. You've seen the way he was. I've seen him in life. And that's a different, you know, seeing a, people, seeing a person in life and knowing an individual that it was one of the hardest deaths that I ever encountered. And, and you know, I think that God put us in places and he do things for a purpose. Mm-hmm. He put Derek Thomas and me together for a purpose and a reason. Um for that love relationship that we had and, and, and that, that you know, the chains of guard, the chains of, of, of the game and empowerment that we did on the field and what we're doing off the, off the field, it was meant to be. And, you know, and I'm, and I'm proud to accept that. Um, but, you know, I, I can say what, you know, looking at Derek's kids now, how they've grown to be, you know, fine young men and women and, and, and to see that, you know, that their father, and I tell them all the time, they call me all the time, you know, about a story or something about them. I just can't say it all in one day, but wow, man, it's something that's in the back of my mind. I would never forget, you know, that, you know, that's going to be that person, you know, uh, that's going to be in your life. And one day when he's gone, you're going to really appreciate and what he really meant or uh, she meant to you. And, um, and, and Derek was one of those guys that I could say that it meant the world to me. And, um, and I truly miss him, but never, ever going to be forget about him. Never going to forget about him. It's not a day that goes by. Someone don't tell me about Derek mm. and not just me thinking about him, that someone always says something about him. So, you know, from the time that he's been gone, 
every day someone says something about this guy or every day I see somebody wearing a 58 shirt or every day somebody says something, you know, how great he was and, 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 and oh, how, how I know how great a man that he was and how great of uh, a father he was and, and what he meant to the, the city of Kansas City and how he embraced and took the challenge and, and fought his race all the way to the end. Mm. And that's what's, that's what's so, that's what's so unblessing to me. Well, you're a very humble gentleman. Uh, I greatly appreciate you being on this show. You know, one of the things that I think about um, whenever, you know, I invite folks on the on the show, you know, oftentimes there's individuals like you that, that thrive in telling the stories of other people. Yeah. Because sometimes it's uncomfortable talking about ourselves. Oh, absolutely. You are a great man <laughs> that have accomplished a lot of great things. And so... Uh, my goal on this show today was not to feature the life of DT, but to to feature the life of you. And so right. specifically, the reason why I brought up uh, DT is because I know how much he meant to you in your yeah. life. And I think so many people can relate to somebody or something holding a large piece of their heart sure. and then losing it and, yeah. and losing their way as a result of that. Right. And so part of my goal in bringing that whole situation up is to figure out what advice do you have to other people that are going through it, that have lost someone or something that meant so much to them? How do you get out of that headspace and focus more on the stuff that lifts you up? Well, I just think that, you know, um, everybody goes through grief in so many different ways. And you have to go through the process of, of, of learning how to accept it. And, you know, uh, the only way I can do the only way I did really had deal with this for a long period of time and really put it to, to the bed is that, you know, I know that I can still... I still have to go on, mm. you know, even though life life is is short for some and it's long for others that we, we was put here only by one man that knows when the day we come, the day we're going to leave. And then if you if you allow yourself to to grieve, what you supposed to do, because we're human. Sure. But then let life goes on afterward. There is life. That's why people are born every day. And, and if you continue to to then live through the people that he have there or she have here that that, you know, that can give you that joy or bring that that to you. That's what I do with his kids when I see him. And um, I think that, you know, I'm finally getting to the point to Derek's son. That's it's like almost like Derek is like a clone to Derek Thomas. Mm. I mean, if you look at him, he just look. It, it, when I talked to him the other day, he just looked like, man, I'm just talking to DT. He's got the lips. He's got the body <laughs> build. He's got the head looking. Yep. And, and his mannerism is like, it's scary, man. It's scary to me that that I've told this young man, I said, man, you need to get involved more with just with your father's, um, uh, you know, with your father's foundation, because I think this is something that he would want one of his kids to have. Continues, you know, I will continue to work with you, but I think that you need to get more involved. And he took that challenge to say, you know what, you're absolutely right. Mm. I'm ready to do that. And I say, and it's a commitment, brother. That's all it is. It's just commitment. This is something that that's gonna live through you because you'll bear the name. And you have the Thomas name, and you actually look like him, so you can almost pull it off <laughs> if people really didn't know. So, well, yeah. I just want to say that um, you know, growing up, this field, this stadium has created so many memories oh, for man. me, uh, oh, as God. I'm sure for you. The beginning and the end, man. The beginning and the yeah, end. I, I say that because uh, you know, I, I I didn't, I know it didn't end the way Neil wanted to end in my mindset, but wow, you can't take those memories away from me because I remember this used to be a turf field and it was so hard and and it was fast. I, and, and to bring a story up to you, a real quick story is that when Derek was out here one day and, and Carl Peters decided to take off the turf because guys was getting injured and, and, and it, you know it was getting old and and they took that turf up. Derek about lost his mind because. He was always wanting fast, sure. fast tracks, fast tracks. And when Carl took that up and put that 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 um, the the grass field down, 
I was like, God, thank God, because now I don't have to feel beat up as much as I yes. do during the game. But you have no idea what that grass does that's different than what those turfs do to mm. you, your body-wise. Sure. Well, um, listen, I admire what you've done, what you've done in your career. Again, you. you're, you're, you're uh, up for a Hall of Fame bid. It's not the first time. No. Uh, no. But I hope that people will hear you and admire you more as a man, as sure. I do now. Yeah. Uh, than I ever did as you as a football player. So you're a good dude. I appreciate it, man. That's just the last stop. You know, that's just his last stop. And that would put everything in perspective as far as what I did as off the field or on the field. You know, once I did that, I didn't do it for that. But when it gets to that part and they say, hey, Neil, you give me that gold jacket, I'm going to accept it. And guess what? I would never forget it. And, and it, it means so much to my kids one day when it happens. Sure. Yep. And it's going to 100%. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> 100% it happened. Well, this is Neil Smith, Paul Long. If you want to learn more about the Third and Long Foundation, uh, please go out, get involved, find a way to help some uh, underprivileged kids. Go out, read a book, uh, learn more about the foundation, doing big things here in Kansas City. We're giving back. Uh, I admire you a great deal. I thank you once again for being on the show. And so do you too, brother. I'm glad what you're doing for this for this city. And and you know what? This is you. I saw the way you set this up and how much it meant to me. I'm like, man, this guy sets his own stuff up and get it going. You need more people like you. And that's why people are going to hear you. Thanks, You're going man. big places, brother. Thank I'm you. I'm praying for you. Hey, Neil Smith just said that about <laughs> Paul J. Long, Rob. You hear that, sir? <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, have an awesome day. Go out, have some fun, make somebody smile, gravitate towards something that gives you strength, and we'll catch you on the flip side. 